maybe Discord is just being weird today. I only just installed it because I'm on a fresh install of macOS. A fresh install, okay. Mm. On a new computer? No, unfortunately not. Uh, okay. I did put the topic in there, but it's not a long one. I uh, did an upgrade on my MacBook Pro 2015 model. I thought it was oh, worth okay. mentioning because I think it's probably going to be the last ever upgrade I do on a Mac. <laughs> what did you do? I put in a new uh, drive. So I put in a nice two terabyte drive. Can you believe okay. I was running on a measly 256 gig SSD? That is pitiful. It is pitiful. <laughs> Basically, a... everything I used lived on an external SSD that I always had to have plugged in. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty miserable, especially when the external drives are so much slower. Yeah, I lived with it, and I taped it to the back of the lid, so it wasn't too bad, but nothing <laughs> like internal storage. Right. Yeah, I'm almost regretting only getting one terabyte on my MacBook Pro from last year. Mm-hmm. So, starting to feel like two is probably my new minimum. Mm, I think it's my minimum too. Yeah. I can certainly get away with things when like you turn on optimize everything, like optimize iCloud drive, optimize photos mm-hmm. and just stream media instead of storing it. I could get away with it. Oh, but we, it's not comfortable. Have, you and I have such different uh I guess just different amounts of 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 data to our names. I, in my mind, two terabytes is enough because that would store every file I've ever created or owned. Every, every family <laughs> video, every photo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, one, one terabyte is just starting to be not enough for that and for me to still have room to be comfortable using an operating system. But it sounds like for you, that would not be the case at all. No, I don't think so. Not when you take into account photo libraries and like work amount of photos. Right. Yeah, I, just, I thought, Yeah, I feel like my library is big with, I think I just passed 10,000 files in my iCloud photo library. Mm, yeah. But Mine's up to 40,000 and like a, a good chunk of them are raw as well. So that's like, Oof. yeah, maybe yeah, five times more. the size of a JPEG for a raw. Typically. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I've, I, uh. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not, but mm. I went through the process a couple months ago of converting all of, like, all my old family videos from VHS tapes, digitizing them. Ah, cool. Did you do it yourself? Uh, yeah. I just had plugged a VCR into a, a capture card. Um, but it's got VHS tapes all the way from, like, when my parents were in high school through... Through the point that my my parents stopped using analog media to capture, so like the mid like two thousand five two thousand six ish, so there's a good twenty five ish years worth of video, ended up being mm-hmm. about three hundred gigabytes for everything. Oh, yeah. What uh, encoder did you use? H two six four. What's wrong with H two six five? You could have got that size down massively. Uh, nothing specifically wrong with it at all. Uh, it was just literally what my default was set to on, uh, my capture device. And I 
noticed it later and thought I want them all to be the same. So I just <laughs> kept going. <laughs> and I guess H two six four is more widely supported now. Maybe in twenty years it won't be, but it's got a it's got legs. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it worked out pretty good. But that group of videos is like some of the first files that I had to put exclusively on my like my Mac Pro that I'm using as a NAS, basically. Um, and I don't like that. I like being able to keep all my files with me. Everything's on my phone. Everything's on my laptop. Everything's on my desktop. But I'm running out of space now with my one terabyte, so I had to put that exclusively on my external storage. Yeah, that's a decent percentage of your 1TB then. It's 300 yeah. meg, 300 gig. Yeah, so... I, I need to just make the switch over to keeping all the stuff on the cloud. It's just so slow to access. Although, this is just some mental thing. Because I can keep it all in my iCloud, photo, or iCloud drive. And I've got two terabytes there. And I could go to four if I wanted it. And that would be enough to last me forever. Uh, I just don't like how everything's managed automatically through Apple. And they just download things to two computers i don't want them to be downloaded to like my my uh, developer transition kit was immediately overflowed with all of my family photos and videos because i can't selectively really pick which things i wanted to download but you could just have the optimized feature turned on on like those computers well Leave yeah you off. can turn optimize on but it downloads everything it can still from your I don't find iCloud drive. I don't find it's too aggressive at downloading things, really. But it is annoying that you, you can't manage it. Yeah. And I find it's really slow. I don't know if it's just because it's all in North America or what, but... Yeah, the, uh, like yeah. trying to stream a video out of iCloud Photos is quite painful. Yeah. It's slow and you you can't really choose the order it downloads things which i find frustrating sometimes because i'll want a couple like maybe a folder downloaded from my cloud drive and it won't download it because it's too busy downloading other things mm, no matter how, yeah. how many times i try to reprioritize it'll just do whatever it wants basically mm-hmm. so back when i used to keep all our um the podcast episode edits in logic those like those projects were a couple of gig each mm-hmm. and every time i even opened logic it would touch those touch like the last 10 projects i don't know why and cause them to be all downloaded and then immediately after they would just like get rid of the downloads and then the next fortnight it would do it all over again very annoying yeah yeah i don't find the other services all that much better though so local storage still got its perks doesn't it uh yeah definitely i i can't say i have any more compelling options either um i just need to get over wanting to bring all my data with me everywhere i go because i don't know when the last time i've needed the raw file from one of our podcast episodes from two and a half years ago was or when i need to pull up a family video on the fly and and i can't you know do it from home or whatever else so uh there's just some roadblock i need to get past which i haven't 
been forced to do yet because I have such a small amount of data that I've been able to get away with like figuring out ways to carry it around with me everywhere. I think you should endeavor to keep it small enough to carry around, keep it portable. Wait until other sizes, until storage sizes increase. Yeah, well, now they have two terabyte iPads. You know, I could I could do this for another 10 years at least. <laughs> the often unconsidered thing about uh, like web storage is it's not really backed up. I mean, it, of course it is backed up. Mm-hmm. But there's not like there's not great visibility, and you, I don't think iCloud Drive is going to give you like the last twenty versions of this file, and like if you delete it, I don't think you'll be able to get it back like next year. You can't really count on it as a backup. So if all your right. storage is optimized, and say you're running Time Machine, you're probably not going to be able to get that file back if it goes missing. Yeah, that's true, and. And even though I do try to keep things portable with me everywhere I go, I do keep, that's that's kind of what my Mac Pro pretend NAS is. It has redundant copies of, of everything, all, all my most important stuff at least, videos and photos and whatnot. NAS says slash space hater. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice. That's coming into summer for you though, so you could probably don't need it. Uh, yeah, it's, a. Uh, my office gets uncomfortably warm between the Mac Pro and I've got, uh, my Windows tower that's running all the time and I've got, uh, I mean, I've got iMac and my MacBook Pro and monitors. Those things aren't quite as hot. Uh, but I guess just between my, my Windows computer and my Mac Pro running an enclosed room, it, it's pretty, pretty toasty in here. I bet, yeah. Monitors do put out a bit of heat as well. Oh, yeah. Especially the... Because I'm OCD about it and had to build out my 2010 Mac Pro to be... It's not even period correct. Because the correct monitors to go with the 2010 Mac Pro for the time were the the Apple cinema displays that were like had the glass with the black bezels around them. But they don't match the aesthetic because the Mac Pro from 2010 is styled after the Power Mac G5. So if you want monitors that match that aesthetic, you got to get the the all aluminum Apple Cinema displays that have uh, uh fluorescent backlights. Do they really? Yeah, and those things get extremely hot and I've got two of them connected to the computer. <laughs> I can't picture the other ones you're talking about. Did they so, look like iMacs? Uh, no, not quite. They just look like the cinema displays that you'd imagine, but they're all aluminum, even wrapping around to the front. They've got the brush. Ah, uh, yeah, them. okay. I've just looked it up. So it kind of looks like an iMac, but just without the chin. Right. Yeah, and and those are the ones that that match the style the best. So I've kind of I've kind of pieced it together because. Period correct wasn't what I was going for, but an aesthetic was. So I've got like the original eyesight camera mounted on the back of one, nice. even though that is like 2001, I think it came out, mm-hmm. which so so way out of date with the Mac Pro, but it all has that really cool aluminum with like the the holes all drilled through it aesthetic. So, mm-hmm. and that's all just that's just for my my uh, network storage. 
I put all that effort into into making it look nice. <laughs> well, most people wouldn't even have a screen for and just tuck away in like the linen cupboard. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I need to move it to my basement and just out of sight, out of mind. I'm going to, I'm going to need it. And another, de- another desk for a, a new iMac. So maybe, maybe that'll be my excuse. Is another, is it what? Have you ordered it? Are we jumping ahead here? Do you have any uh, iMac coming? <laughs> no, not yet, but I feel like I could be tempted to pretty easily. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just before we get onto that, though, and while we're speaking about classic Macs, I spotted something quite unique on uh, the Facebook marketplace during the week. Really? Someone has taken... Yeah, but not like... not. It's cool. Anyway, I'll just say what it is. Uh, so, someone has taken a modern... No, not modern. Someone has taken a Macintosh Classic. So, picture the beige box with like the, or like an 11-inch screen. And they've replaced uh, the screen with an iPad and then replaced the computer with a Mac Mini and then is selling it as a unit <laughs> <laughs> with the keyboard and mouse. Wow. So, I guess... Wait, an actual um, Mac Macintosh Classic, right? You're not saying like case- generically... Uh, the case is an actual Macintosh classic. Okay. okay. The computer is a Mac mini that's just been tucked into the foot. And the screen is an iPad, I guess, 11 inch. Uh, well, the Mac classic had a nine inch screen. So I don't think an 11 inch oh, did it? would necessarily fit. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, so it, it might be, I mean, they don't even really make nine inch iPads anymore. But I guess you could you could trim away the bezel a bit and fit a bigger iPad in there. Mm, yeah, it looks like it barely fits. Mm. Interesting. So they have like it running with sidecar or something to make it. It must be weird. If you're going to do that, you should have just put a plain monitor in there. It would have been cheaper. Or if you were going to use an iPad, just don't even bother to put a Mac in there. But both seems redundant. I guess if you want the power of the Mac, and it might have been, would it be tricky to find a screen that size? Uh, no. I mean, there's a whole community of people who mod those compact Macs that mm-hmm. you you can get an LCD screen that like fits perfectly in those nine inch Macs for a hundred dollars. Ah, right. So it, they're not very high resolution. So maybe no. if you want something nicer looking, uh, but still an iPad seems like an expensive way just for a screen. If it was just like a little... You could get an iPad for like a few hundred dollars, though, couldn't you? It might have even cost about the same as an actual screen. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't fit perfectly. Like, they're a little (laughs) bit on the top and the bottom. Some, Mm -hmm. like, little black bars. That's pretty fun. So, did you buy it? No. (laughs) He's accepting uh, make me offers, he says. I'm going to send you the link. Okay. Yeah, make me offers. What would you offer for something like that? You, you uh, don't even know the specs, though. It's a 2014 Mac Mini. Mm-hmm. And do you know what model iPad it has? No. It's described as an iPad with a retina screen. Okay. Well, that's pretty much all iPads except the first two. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, a 2014 Mac Mini is not very valuable in my book. Oh, here we go. Specs, 2.6 gig, dual core, i5, 8 gig of RAM, 
256 gig SSD. That's like, it's probably worth two or three hundred bucks for the computer. Plus give them another 200 for the mod on the iPad. I, I guess. Like, the problem is, you're right that even a 2014 Mac Mini is probably worth two or three hundred dollars. But they were underpowered at the time because everyone was mad they got rid of the quad-core CPU variants of the Mac Mini back then. Because mm. 2012 was the last year you get quad-core ones. So they were underpowered even relative to their predecessors. And now they're very old, and the M1 is only a few hundred dollars more and blows even high-end Macs out of the water right now. Mm. So I wouldn't pay anything for an old Mac Mini. I wouldn't pay anything for a Mac Classic case. I have a half dozen of those sitting in my basement. Uh, so the most valuable thing to me in this whole build is the iPad, maybe, but he doesn't even specify what iPad it is. And why would you want that? Yeah. So I don't know. For the right person who, especially in Australia, it's harder to get older computers in Australia. Um, I mean, I could. I think you're right. Probably $400 someone would pay for that, four or five. Mm. But Should I, would I send an offer then? <laughs> <laughs> if if you kidding. want that setup, I will send you the pieces for it and we'll build a better computer than than this one. <laughs> I don't want it enough to uh go into any effort or outlay any money for it though, unfortunately. It's cool, right. but I'd never use it. I've I've played around with the idea of doing something similar in the past. The problem is that my my daily work computer is three 28-inch monitors. So to, to try to do anything at all productive on one 10-inch screen uh, is, is uh, basically impossible for me. Mm-hmm. So even putting all the effort into that build, it would still be completely unused. If I was even going to go down this route, I would opt for an iMac G4 because that yeah. is just an yeah, icon yeah, yeah. of design. Such a good-looking computer. And the G4s, you could get up to a 17-inch screen. So if you get one of the one of the nicer ones with the big screens, uh, those can still feel pretty usable. That with the M1 Mac Mini in the base. Sold. Mm-hmm. There you go. Even keep the disk drive, hey. Yeah, why not? Put a Blu-ray drive in there or something. Yeah. I've never owned a Blu-ray drive. Never. I haven't either. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a tech that completely passed me by. Yeah, streaming was was catching on about the same time Blu-ray got popular, so I went right to Netflix. That's right. Back when you could watch everything on Netflix, you didn't need a half dozen streaming services if you wanted to watch stuff. Good morning. Good morning. Happy two weeks after keynote day. I have really mixed feelings about the way we handled this keynote. Uh, I really enjoyed us doing a prediction show beforehand because uh, uh, it made the keynote more exciting to see which which of us was right and wrong about things. Mm -hmm. But I was very disappointed once the keynote was over 
that I didn't get to hop on a call with you that evening and talk about everything I just saw. Because I had so many thoughts and so many things to say and no one else in my life that would care enough to sit down and talk with me for two hours about it. (laughs) (laughs) So the ideal scenario is we actually have a show before and after future keynotes. Uh, Or we do some kind of offset thing. We can do both, but uh, uh, line it up so that we do our prediction show a little bit more early than the morning before the keynote (laughs) yep but then we miss out on all like the latest rumors that's right yeah we maximize our chance of being right if we wait to the last second to make our predictions and i really need that maximization (laughs) apparently we both do because uh it was a mixed bag for both of our predictions here that's true should we go in the order that uh that we start with that we made our guesses instead of the keynote order just do something different because listeners may have heard like every other apple podcast they listen to already go through the keynote mm-hmm. yeah that's fair and nearly every other podcast does it in the order mm-hmm. at least all the ones i listen to they do it in the order that apple talks about it right yeah because apple usually does it in the most exciting order you know that's right there's a, there's a build up so- so we're we'll... going to do it in the least exciting order. <laughs> <laughs> Starting right. with the iPad Pro. So you were correct. Only the large one got the uh, the mini LED liquid retina XDR. Yeah. As you so precisely guessed it would be named. <laughs> that, that was the highlight of the keynote for me was, was, was nailing that name. Um, Put a smile on my face when they named it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but man, an M1 chip in an iPad Pro, uh, I did not see that coming. Makes sense though, doesn't it? I mean, basically it, all their computers are iPads in different cases running mm-hmm. Mac OS. So why can't it go in the other direction? Uh, it, it makes sense in a lot of ways, uh, except for naming software. Oh, then. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like, what, what does the M stand for now? It seems. Yeah, well, it stood for Mac. It's for Mac stands for, for six months. Well, what about this? What if the iPad in a few months can run Mac OS? It's basically a Mac at that point. Uh, yeah, I guess so. What makes a Mac a Mac? That's what we're really getting down to now. Uh, I mean, at this point, that's a, that's a really good question. When they're identical on the inside to an iPad, uh, it's literally just whatever name Apple puts on the case. Mm-hmm. So are, are you suggesting that iPad Pro will be renamed to MacBook Touch or something in the future? <sighs> No, not at all. <laughs> it's uh, there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of brand recognition for the name iPad. Mm-hmm. It's basically synonymous with tablet. Even when people are talking about Samsung tablets, you'll hear the uh, tech illiterate call it an iPad. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't think there's uh, any getting rid of that iPad name. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, but I would I- love to see it running macOS. And how could it not? It sure. The biggest thing holding the iPad back 
in the past was RAM. Uh, because even the, the developer transition kit had the A12Z in it, um, which made it equivalent to the existing iPad Pro, except it had 16 gigs of RAM, whereas the iPad Pros only had six. Uh, so that felt like an obvious limiting factor. But now that you can get the iPad Pro with up to 16 gigs of RAM as well. So that's a choice you can make, eight or 16 gigs of RAM. Uh, it's Actually, not a- is, is that... Is it based on the storage choice you make? Right, yeah. It's not independently configurable, but the one and two terabyte iPad Pros come with 16 gigs of RAM and the lower ones come with eight. Now, we often see that that large storage capacities require extra RAM. So do you Mm -hmm. think it's the case that just because they've got so much storage, they needed the extra RAM to to run it? Or I'm not sure of the technical aspect of it. Or do you think it is just because it's the higher spec one and Apple doesn't want to give you an actual choice of RAM that they're just going to make it a higher spec RAM choice as well? They've had one terabyte iPads with six gigs of RAM. So we know that 16 is not strictly needed for for, uh, one terabyte of storage. Um, I, I would bet that eight is more than enough for two. So it seems like they've got some plans for the future that hopefully we'll, we'll hear as soon as WWDC. Uh, but I think there's going to be some compelling reasons to want the higher-end iPads that uh, at the moment aren't so apparent. It has to be macOS. Because iPadOS doesn't really seem to need RAM. I mean, obviously it needs RAM, but doesn't... It's not a uh, a choke point in anything mm-hmm. that I ever did on the iPad. And that it's was with either... six. Probably four on the model I had. <laughs> right. I, I'd say I'm still not convinced we're going to see Mac OS. Uh, but I think at a minimum, we're going to see the pro apps brought over to iPad OS. Like Final Cut... Uh, maybe Xcode, uh, Logic. Like if, if those three things are brought over to iPadOS uh, and maybe some kind of, I don't even know, like a virtual environment to run macOS apps within iPadOS. I'm just not convinced we're going to see the whole macOS brought to iPad yet or maybe at all, ever. Well, it would seems like there'd almost be less effort in bringing macOS to the iPad than in changing all those pro apps you just mentioned to work well on iPadOS. Because there'd be a lot of work in doing that. I mean, mm. just think about Logic, how many like minuscule touch targets it would have if you just brought it over without doing anything to it. Same goes for Xcode. And that like multi... Xcode's very much like a multi-windowed app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Can't fathom how something like Xcode would run on iPadOS. You know, this is not the first year of us or literally any other person who publicly talks about tech saying that this year Apple has to do something big with the iPad Pro that the hardware is is so far exceeding the software, there has to be something big planned. 
and every year Apple underwhelms us. So I'm not putting it past them to do nothing. <laughs> and them just <laughs> trying to, to save home. save money by reusing the same silicon they're already manufacturing just in as many computers as possible. The big new pro change is that they're going to redo slide over. <laughs> it, it's going to be a different gesture. Oh yeah, that's what we need. They're going to change it to the left instead. Well, the slide over can be done from both sides now. Oh, can it? Okay. At least, if you slide over, you can move it to either side. I don't know if it can be dismissed off to the left, but it can be moved over to that side of the screen. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Once yeah. you've got the slide over, yeah, you can move it to the left, but you can't slide it from the left is what I meant. Oh, okay. Until iPadOS 15. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Until I until I see it, I, I won't believe it. I, I think it could be cool to have Mac OS on an iPad, but I... Apple has net has always publicly been very against something like that, so I'm not convinced it's happening. All right, let's let's leave that topic uh, in bed for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Pull it up again post WWDC or maybe just prior, if we do okay. some predictions for then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the iPad Pro also got Thunderbolt, mm-hmm. which yep. comes free in quotes with the M1. Mm-hmm. Some would say. Yeah, another thing we were both expecting. Uh, it gets 5G, which yep. you'd expect. It's been uh, in the iPhones now for, for like six months. Yeah, you'd expect it just because it intuitively makes sense that the iPad would get 5G. It's a little interesting um, because this is the first M1 device to have 5G. Uh Mm-hmm. So it, it does show that uh, it's possible and there's no reason that MacBooks couldn't couldn't have it in the future. Mm. So Except for cool. all the uh, software changes that might need to be made. Uh, sure, yeah, Mac OS would need to support cellular, but it's Mac OS ten has been playing with the idea of of cellular data since uh like tiger oh really mm-hmm. yeah there was pro- there's prototypes of of old macbook pros and i think even some power books with like 3g antennas built into them wow yeah i'm an ultra wide facing front camera on the ipad pros now to, which follows you during a video call which certainly looked good in the demo Mm-hmm. Uh, I am slightly worried that it's going to be another case of the uh, expanding and shrinking heads in the FaceTime call demo, which in practice turned out to be an absolute disaster. <laughs> and, uh, had an option added to turn it off like a year after the fact. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this one works a bit better. But it's actually, it's certainly something I would use because um, I'm FaceTiming the in-laws uh, pretty much every week, if not multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. And the 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 width of the front facing camera on the iPad I've got is a problem, right? So yeah, give me a front, a wide facing one that maybe follows me during the call, right? Yeah, I think just a wider camera sounds good, but like I'm not I'm not sold on the whole software to artificially 
limit the field of view and and make it look like it's following you around a room i would almost rather it especially when i've got four kids who are trying to get on a facetime call at once in that case just give me the whole field of view Mm. yeah hopefully that's an option yeah um what else are features of the ipad pro uh, we mentioned the liquid retina XDR display, uh, mm-hmm. but specifically uh, that it is mini LED and seems to like, I, I'm not super savvy on display tech, but it sounds like it's maybe better than the actual pro display XDR in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited about, what this means for like just the future of Apple devices as a whole, if they can really bring this XDR technology using mini LED down to uh, hopefully their laptops in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's in something that runs on a battery, for goodness sake. Right. Chuck it in a laptop. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. Um, so it's got the uh, a million to one contrast ratio. Ratio. Just reading specs here: a thousand nits of brightness and sixteen hundred nits of peak brightness. Mm-hmm. And of course, P3 color, True Tone, and ProMotion. It is an excellent display. That also comes with a um, little bit of a price bump associated with it as well. Mm-hmm. So was it an extra hundred dollars over last year's model? Now for the twelve point nine inch iPad Pros. So now we're starting at $1,000. Every time I price up an iPad Pro, you know, you add your storage, you add your keyboard, you add mm-hmm. your keyboard, and then it's insanely expensive. Like, gone are the days when you're spending, like, 500 bucks on an iPad. Now it's, like, $3,000 to get the iPad uh-huh. that I want. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. They've and- certainly become computers in price. <laughs> and that's it um yeah the problem is for as impressive as the changes are with this ipad um i just have no compelling reason to upgrade even still from my 2018 ipad pro um so that's including all the well, all of the in quotes design changes from last year as well which i guess in practice is really just an extra camera and a lidar sensor on the back um, but even, even with all those things together, my iPad pro is plenty powerful enough for all my needs. So I feel like Apple has to do something with the iPad just because there's, there's not enough of a compelling reason to upgrade. There's no need for all this power right now. But in that way, it's kind of become more like a computer too, like a traditional computer because like every time a MacBook gets updated, mm-hmm. you you're typically not looking. I mean, you might be looking for the reason to upgrade, but it, it's probably not going to be the very next model, or maybe not even the next one, but the one after that that's that gets you, because it is like a more mature product to begin with. So changes aren't so drastic just every every year. That's true. Yeah. At least they're working on it year every year and adding things to it so that in three years you can say, oh, I'm getting this and all the other fruit that's uh, that's coming along for the ride. 
they need it they need a new product category that they can make quick iterations on that are like major changes because i didn't get the new apple watch for the first time last year um i mean if i'm if i'm being honest i only get a new iphone every year because they look different if iphones looked the same the same way that macbooks and ipads do i probably wouldn't upgrade them every year either so they need to release these ar glasses or something some new thing to get me excited to buy every year and yet you're still spending a lot of money with apple so they're not doing the worst job that's true yeah i would hate to calculate the amount of money i've spent on apple products in my life better not do it (laughs) yeah better not when i go into the genius bar to get something fixed i often wonder if they look at my account and like they have like this little tally of how much my account has spent at apple over Mm -hmm. you know over its lifetime so that they can go like oh yeah we should treat this guy a little bit better from your average walk-in do you think they've got anything like that uh i suppose that would be trivial for them to have so maybe they do i guess the question i'm sure they have the ability to access that information so the question is do they have some kind of policy where like once you pass a certain threshold you get premium treatment or something um yeah you you move into like the gold (laughs) class Right. You spent $25,000 at Apple in the last five years. <laughs> so when you ask to get a replacement iPhone, because you like got a small crack in the corner, it's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll do it for you. I actually, I don't think that's true because because they they treat everyone so well that walks into an Apple store. If you've got an issue, usually they'll, they will happily fix it for you or or replace things even outside warranty and that's in my experience even prior to being someone who've spent more money than i want to calculate with them i don't think it's true because occasionally when they've asked me like to pick out my like my contact details off the system they'll have like 15 contacts who are all me just with slightly varying contact information (laughs) Oh, really? So there's no way that they could accumulate all my spend into one account because they've got really no idea who I am. Right. I'm actually 15 people who spend $200 a year. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it'd be hard to hard to trace outside of things that you bought specifically like with your Apple ID on apple.com because I've also walked into the store and and just hand them a credit card or even cash in some cases and that wouldn't be associated with any id at least until i signed into the device or something Mm, yeah yeah cash at an apple store uh this is like crazy guy like when i was in high school and stuff and didn't have Ah, cards i would save up my money and and buy the new ipod touch or whatever Mm -hmm. okay so uh so the ipad mini Mm-hmm. You predicted same design with a spec bump, and I predicted a full revamp with edge-to-edge screen. And what we got was nothing. <laughs> uh, I mention. I I will say that I did say of all the things on the list, if something wasn't going to happen, it was going to be the iPad Mini. Ah, uh, but you didn't write that in, so mm. well. In any case, I think <laughs> we should we should be scoring these. So, you get a zero, mm-hmm. and I get a zero. Mm-hmm. 
What about for the iPad Pros? You definitely get a point for calling the name of the screen. Okay. And another uh, point for saying it would just be the the large model that gets the mini LED display. Uh, okay. Are you going to score me? <laughs> um, One. <laughs> okay, you want me to make up a score as well. Uh, I, I mean, I'd say that's at least one point for you, right? Because yeah, uh, we basically agreed on most things. I had the name and, and the limitations, so I think that's just one extra point. All right. Okay. So two to one right now. Two to one. Next cab off the rank was the iMac. The beautiful, colorful iMac. Mm-hmm. which came out despite expectations with quite the chin, right. not quite <laughs> the edge-to-edge screen. And in right. fact, with the white bezels around the edge, it definitely looks not edge-to-edge. Right. looks very bezel-y. What do you think of the colors? I am very, very happy that Apple went back to colorful, playful computers. I I actually really like all the colors. Uh, I like the that they went with a really nice saturated dark color on the back. Uh, and I like that they kind of went with a two-tone look with a little bit more pastel colors on the on the front. I, I like the white bezels. Uh, <laughs> I like pretty much everything about them. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I love how they've uh, really toned down the colors on the front so it's not too in your face. Right, uh, and the white bezels that's actually very handy I think I might have talked about that before but uh, to, if you're editing photos to be able to see what true white is oh, or at yeah. least a white that you understand <laughs> what like what temperature it is uh, can be handy huh. just to be able to glance at uh, my immediate reaction was a lot more negative when they unveiled them oh I was, really I was like I was like oh no they they the there's quite a bit of a bezel still. They kept the chin. Uh, my yeah, my knee jerk reaction was was not very positive. It but not like, in terms of the colors. No, I was very happy with the colors in general. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. It, I was in the same boat then. I wasn't necessarily a fan of the white bezels, um, but it seemed like a lot of people were in that boat online and started mocking things up. It's like this is what they should have made, and they they there's. People who made IMAX had the saturated colors all over, or they just switched out for black bezels, or they got rid of the chin. And I actually didn't prefer any of those mock mock-up changes. I think saturated color is too much on the front. I think the white bezel looks really good with the pastel colors. It's not a new thing. Uh, IMAX all had white bezels until like 2006. So I actually... it quite like it it's like it's a throwback Did at they? least really yeah the g3 had white bezels the g4 had white bezels g5 had oh white okay bezels. okay <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah they used to be white computers yeah <laughs> um of course and even the chin which i'm not a huge fan of it's it's kind of an iconic look it it makes That's it look it. like a little bit more than a monitor it's recognizable just just in profile or whatever. So uh, I don't mind the chin at all. 
and they even took the Apple logo off, which is nice. It's not an in-your-face branding anymore, which they don't need to do. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of the design as a whole. It, the computer looks like a glyph of itself, which I think is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to make an emoji of an iMac, it's exactly what it look, would look like. Yeah. Um, yeah, the chin does make sense, despite how I felt when I first saw it. Like, oh, no, why didn't you just put it in the back? But the chin houses the entire computer. And because they want the computer to be uniformly flat across the whole thing, mm-hmm. it just made sense to put the computer underneath the screen, I guess. Um, and as you said, it's an iconic look. Uh, happy to not see the Apple logo there. That looks really good. Mm-hmm. The thinness of it is just mind-blowing. This is what we all wanted. <laughs> a An iMac that was just like mind-bogglingly thin. This is exactly what it is. It's so thin that they had to move the headphone jack to the side of the computer because you couldn't really just stick it in the back. Right, yeah, it's thinner than a headphone jack is deep. <laughs> um, Even the Ethernet gets moved to the power brick which is a pretty novel um bit of engineering there i like that design a lot i hope they bring it to the bricks for their laptops um but it is interesting this is the first i think this is the first apple desktop period with an external power supply maybe the 20th anniversary macintosh had an external power supply but for the most part uh, they've always kept them internal, and that was kind of a something they were proud of. Is is their internal power supplies, even from the Apple II days, when they hired a special engineer to make a fanless power supply. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a bit of a change. But where would you put a power supply in it? <laughs> I, I don't mind it. I think it's clever, especially if you're going to put extra ports in it and basically make it a dock. Uh, I think you could go a lot farther than just Ethernet if you wanted to, uh, but probably not necessarily on a desktop computer. Um, so you've got the headphone jack on the side going in. You've got mm-hmm. the Ethernet coming in via the power plug, which is magnetically attached to the back. And then the only other input or output you've got, I.O., is USB-C slash Thunderbolt. So there's a mm-hmm. model which has two and there's a model which has four right a little stingy in my books would have liked to see maybe an sd card slot <laughs> uh yeah i'm i'm not sure what apple's endgame is here it's surprising it was surprising to me to see that because the mac mini has at least some usba ports on it Mm-hmm. But I think USB-A might have the same problem headphone jack does, where it's it's too deep for this this uh, computer design. Oh, certainly, yeah. Uh, SD card slot would have been easy to add, but none of their devices have had SD card slots for a while, although it's rumored to come back in their laptops. Yeah, so considering that they're rumored to come back in the next laptops, mm-hmm. and yet we've already had, like, the new laptops released without SD card slots, and now the small iMac with an SD without an SD card slot. My thinking is that it's going to be a differentiating factor from like non-pro to pro model computers. Mm-hmm. 
So the larger laptops, the larger iMacs, that sort of thing. That makes sense. And I think it's a, a good justification for bringing it back. They say, you know, our pro customers still need an SD card slot, so our pro computers will have it. Um, I think that's already been the case, hasn't it, with the Intel iMacs? Didn't the 21-inch model not have a slot, whereas the 27-inch did have a slot, at least uh, in some of the year's releases? Oh, maybe. I've never had a smaller iMac to know. Uh, yeah. I thought they all I had it. I think that's the case. Okay. No, definitely not all of them. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, this event changed my mind on iMac Pro. I think that that name will be coming back as the bigger iMacs, and there and there won't be two sizes of iMac anymore. They'll just be iMac in this one size and iMac Pro in a larger size. Oh yeah, I didn't consider that. Is it not just enough to have the size difference though as the differentiator? Oh, I think it could be, and that's how they've operated in the past, but I think it'd be very in line with all of their products now. They've basically got a standard and a pro version of, of their laptop, of their iPad. Uh, I think the desktop makes sense and, and could fall in line as well. Hmm, okay. Um, lacking on the iMac was Face ID. So instead, they now give you a keyboard mm-hmm. with Touch ID. So I guess that's one way of doing it, but certainly not the way I would have thought. Well, I think we both kind of get a point for that, right? Because I said there wouldn't be Face ID on this iMac. And mm-hmm. and and you suggested that it would be on the back side of the iMac. Or Touch ID would be on the back side. Hmm, okay. Give me half a point for at least thinking it would be Touch ID over Face ID. <laughs> All right, I'll give you half a point. Thank you. Uh, points for you. So you said there'd be colors. Mm-hmm. Didn't call the exact size. No. XDR we... design. I would hesitate to give you a point for that. No. <laughs> I did say there'd be an M1, M1. version. Uh-huh. <laughs> as opposed to an M2. Well, as opposed to M1X, which you said there wouldn't be an M1 I- iMac. There'd only be M1X. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Yep. And uh, no face ID. A point for that. Uh, what do you think you deserve in points? One? Or yeah, I, I, half one is, a point? One is probably fair, but what was yours be? How about my call about better webcam? So, yeah, you, you did. <laughs> my exact words were better than 1080p. That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> it was not entirely accurate, but it was called out. It was specifically, and you you nailed the that there would be a graphic of of audio emanating from the bottom of the iMac. That exact graphic <laughs> appeared in the keynote. That exact graphic. It was amazing. <laughs> yep. So I think I think that is worth a point just for calling calling that out. Are you writing that in? Yeah. Okay. And so do you think you get one point then? Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know how to score these. Like, do I? Do we need to do negative mm. points for things we guessed wrong? Mm. No, let's not okay. do that. <laughs> and also, we haven't even written down everything that we've said as well, so that makes it tricky. Right. Yeah. But whatever. 
Okay. All right. We'll go one for me and 1.5 for me and one for you. Okay. That works. Air tags. Now, mm. this is exciting because we both have them as well. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Apple's been listening to our debate for the last year on the price. More than a year. Surely it's been more than that. Well, we've been talking about AirTags, but we've been talking about the specific price for that long. I think so. Either way, they they decided to deliberately cut us right down the middle and and offer them four for a hundred so that we could both be equally wrong in our predictions. Since when did you ever offer four of anything? Right. Packs always come in threes or fives. I, I will say... At their individual price point, my prediction is much closer than yours was. Yeah, 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 whatever. Because <laughs> three for a hundred would be what it costs if you buy them individually. Uh-huh, yeah, go on. <laughs> Find whatever you can. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying. You um, actually wrote down three for $100, whereas the price was $99, I believe. Mm. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> all right i i did say they'd have replaceable batteries though which which you did not yes believe. i was way off the mark there i thought they would have a non-replaceable wireless chi charging battery mm-hmm. so far off the mark because it actually just has a cr2032 you know mm-hmm. 10 for a dollar sort of battery which is great from not only well I'm still just guessing here that that you get more battery because you don't have to have the charging circuitry in there. But from a privacy standpoint, specifically, if you come across an AirTag that seems to be placed on your person, uh, Apple will alert you and tell you to remove the battery so that you can't be tracked. So mm-hmm. from a security standpoint, that makes sense, which wasn't an angle I'd considered initially. No, me either. Because there's no turning it off. So right. what What would be the other option? Advise the person just to take a step outside their front door, wind up and pitch it as far as possible. <laughs> just grab a hammer and give it a nice tap. <laughs> <laughs> and then get done for breaking property. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, yes, a replaceable battery does make a lot of sense. And it's a very common battery you can get it anywhere, basically. Mm-hmm. And a whole year of battery life on a single battery is very impressive. A whole year. Although I do not think I'm going to get a year from it because mm-hmm. current use of the AirTag uh, is that Johannes gets my phone and I hide the AirTag somewhere in the house and then mm-hmm. he walks around the house either looking for the arrow or making it ping constantly <laughs> until he finds <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's, that's one unconsidered uh, purpose for an AirTag. Is simply to play hide and seek. Man, I I need as many purposes as possible. I bought the four pack, and have run out of ideas. I put one. Well, first of all, I stopped carrying keys over a year ago because my home has a a keypad to get in, so I don't need a house mm-hmm. key. My car is uh, proximity based, so. Uh, I just have to have the key fob in my pocket and it's pressed to start. Um, and and that's it. Those are the two things I carried keys for. Uh, so now that my car and house doesn't require keys, I haven't carried keys. And uh, I strongly considered 
carrying keys again just so that I could have something to put an air tag on. Um, <laughs> Not worth it. No, it wasn't worth it, uh, especially because I had to come up with, like, technically my mailbox locks. I leave it unlocked because it's annoying for me and my, my mail person to have to lo- unlock and lock the mailbox every time. So You I, could put a tag on every incoming letter. Yeah. In case uh, it gets stolen. <laughs> That's what I need to do. Because I, I, like, I dug out uh, a backpack, and I, I threw one in a backpack just in case I ever use it. And I put one in, in a satchel that I, I sometimes bring my laptop around in, which is, which actually makes no sense, I realized, after the fact, because Find My is also built into my MacBook Pro, so I don't need an AirTag on my MacBook Pro bag. Um, and then I did attach an AirTag. I figured out a way to just attach one to my key fob itself, which doubled the size of the fob in my pocket, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but even after those things, after forcing three things, I still have one air tag that I have no use for. So I think you could probably put one on your computer, on your laptop, because the air tag doesn't require any sort of internet connection for Find My to work, whereas your computer would. No, it doesn't. So it could be useful. No, it doesn't. Uh-uh. In the last couple of years, um, the, they use Bluetooth LE the same way and communicate they, with the Find My. Yeah. They even. I'm st- this was a big deal a couple years ago. Even if your MacBook Pro dies, it's still listening for the Find My signal and still updating its location using the same okay. network. So, okay, so, so, so yeah, it's no talking to other people's tags. phones and then picking it back to you. Yep, no need for air okay. tags. Hmm. You wouldn't get the ultra wideband features though. But I actually found that a little bit underwhelming. The whole actually getting like the arrow that literally points you to where the thing is because mm-hmm. it seemed well, at least around the house it, you have to get within like three four meters for it to actually kick in mm-hmm. and by the time you're that close you you've probably found what you're looking for already or at least have a good idea about where it might be so yeah it's a hard thing a little underwhelmed there it's a hard thing to judge uh Maybe I need to have some kids run around and hide their tags because right now, just like approximating losing something or pretending I lost something, when I know where something is, it feels too obvious. It's like, well, I already know where it is. But maybe if I truly lost something and it was in a cushion or something, then the ultra wide band would be helpful. But I'll have That's to true. wait for that yeah. situation to arise. Mm-hmm. And also, once you get like within a meter of the thing, the arrows just disappear and it just says like your distance. It's a right. bit annoying, at least for Johannes, because he's still at the <laughs> stage where he doesn't see things in front of him that well. <laughs> you know how kids are like that sometimes? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, they are when they're younger. Um, so it'd be really handy if he had the arrow up to the point where he was basically touching the tile, the tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, another little experiment that I started to carry out but haven't completed yet is to put the air tag uh, on, the, on the dog's collar. And then just in case he escapes from the backyard and runs off, I wanted to know how realistic a chance I would have of finding the dog before either the ranger found him or he found his own way back home. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to do the experiment, obviously not just letting the dog free, um, but (laughs) by putting the tag there and then sending Yasmin out on a walk and then trying to track her down. But uh, I made a small miscalculation 
Uh, Yasmin had her phone with her on the walk, so... <laughs> so it's constantly pointless. updating. Yes, constantly. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't constantly updating, but um, like every couple of minutes, maybe mm-hmm. every five minutes, you'd get a, a ping back, which is enough to know where she was going. Right. So I think I will repeat that test at some point and report back on whether it's a good enough tracker to find your lost dog. You have to have her leave her phone behind when she goes. That's right. I think that's the only only thing I didn't consider. I actually I had considered it, but I didn't let her in on that. <laughs> so, point-wise for this one, I don't think either of us get points for the price. Um, uh, you get a point for the battery, of course. Yeah. Um, I guess there... There wasn't much more to AirTags that wasn't already known. The price and the battery were, I think, the two only unknowns of the whole thing. So I'm hesitant to award a point to you for anything here. I would also be hesitant to award me a point for anything. Okay. As long as as long as we're in agreement. Did you see some of the AirTag packaging had, like, ancient dates on it? There was uh, some AirTags, I think, produced or last year. And then some accessories from third parties produced the year before, but to the exact specifications of the AirTag. Right. Yeah, to the surprise of no one, since we've been hearing about these for years. Yeah, so at least it was proven, I guess, that these have really been sitting around for quite a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good thing that all the batteries uh, didn't die in the last couple years. Yeah, well, they had um, the wrapping served as a... Uh, connect a circuit breaker on the battery right which is pretty cool i think batteries still have a shelf life though even if they're not being discharged right yeah but it's quite a long time okay uh next on our table at least was airpods um i think we'll talk about those after we've gone through this but at least in this keynote there was no mention and no release so yeah which we both predicted so it's a wash anyway mm-hmm. so we just leave that alone mm-hmm. uh podcasts plus so you called uh for a subscription podcast service included in apple one for five dollars a month I, I said exactly the same except 4.99 a month right yeah I we think- were a little bit off in uh, exactly what it is our official predictions for this were both wrong but funnily enough, we'd, we'd also speculated in our last episode about other potential iterations of this that ended up being podcast subscriptions, I think is what's officially called. Because mm-hmm. um, we did speculate about a per podcast subscription service, which ended up being what this is. So what it is, is that a podcast can 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 get subs can get uh subscribers is that what we're calling it so in the apple mm-hmm. podcasts app you can follow a podcast or you can pay to subscribe to a podcast right and when you pay to subscribe it you can get more stuff from that podcast but only from within the apple podcasts app i just did a terrible job of explaining it, i think right. you want to have a go uh yeah sure it's, it's it's kind of like a premium 
version of the podcasts that you like. So if you subscribe to a podcast, you can get things like early access to episodes or ad-free versions of episodes or or even subscriber-exclusive episodes. Uh, and those are the three things that I remember specifically being called out. I don't know if there's other features that you can get as well. Uh, but each podcast gets to set their subscription price. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like, I don't know, Patreon or something else just built into the podcast app itself, uh, which is convenient if you're already using Apple Podcasts. But if you're not, uh, it's kind of, kind of crappy that all of that uh, content will be locked into just Apple's podcast player but seems to be the way the podcast industry as a whole is going right now. Uh, Spotify has been doing this exclusive podcast thing for a couple of years now. so Yeah, it's kind of going the way of TV shows where if you want show X, then you have to go to service Y. Mm-hmm. Actually, it doesn't make sense to say it like that. Service B. <laughs> oh, wait, no, service... D- <laughs> you have to go to a specific service for a specific show. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of people have been saying it's dead in the water because especially if you're already a big podcast, why would you ever get into this? And if you were creating a podcast with the intention of it being big, which I think a lot of people are, Mm -hmm. again, why would you do it? Because firstly, you're targeting only people with iPhones. That's a massive segment of the market, Not, not not able to give you money. And then of the people with iPhones, only people with that use the terrible Apple Podcasts app. Is the Apple Podcasts app not available on other platforms? No, it's not. And that takes me to what I wanted to say, which is I really, really expect it will be mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, it has to be. Just like Apple Music. Otherwise, there's just a whole group of podcasts that android users will never be able to listen to right and that's money apple could be making that is money they could be making (laughs) and as they've shown with tv they don't care about their platform being available on other platforms in fact Mm -hmm. the tv platform you can get on everything Uh, even microwaves basically have the apple tv plus app i was so surprised how quickly that rolled out across just all major smart television operating systems so they're clearly within their capabilities to get this done. Exactly. So why would a why would a podcast have a subscription service on podcasts or Apple Podcasts? Uh, I mean, people are already doing it with Spotify, so there has to be some compelling reasons to be platform exclusive or opt for that instead of a separate Patreon or subscription on a website. Um, And I think that Apple Podcasts is probably a more popular podcast player than Spotify. So there's probably a bigger audience there. Well, the one thing it's got going for it is that it's, it makes it just so, so easy to get people to hit that subscribe button. Mm -hmm. Like in your show notes, you're not like putting in a URL some weird URL that someone clicks and it takes them to a service in like the in-app web view and 
then they've got to sign into that service and then put in their credit card details and right that those hurdles are just huge already as small as they sound <laughs> i think you've lost like 90 percent of people <laughs> asking him to do that right yeah whereas if uh, joe blogs is in the podcast app already and there's literally a button that says subscribe 99 cents they click that it asks them to double click the side button and then they're paying you there's a lot to be said for the ease of that workflow but at the same time, you kind of, like at the moment, it looks like you kind of have to not know what you're doing to want to do that, if you know what I mean. Like you have to be kind of starting a podcast and... Right. Yeah, exactly. This is not- more compelling to small podcasts than big ones. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite of compelling for big podcasts because they definitely don't want to be exclusive to a platform. Exactly. Um, so you'd have to be a nobody uh, to use podcast subscriptions. And now introducing... And that's why I've that. signed us up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know what the actual criteria is for signing up with podcast subscriptions. But if it's just a checkbox or something... Um, I worry this usher in an era of like, because already in the last year, uh, COVID and lockdowns, I think there's been a boom in podcasts, just people being bored and, and thinking podcasting is something I want to try out. And now all these people are no, just No, it's the opposite. Podcast creation's gone down in the last year? Oh, creation. I was, no, listening has gone down. Oh, yeah. I was saying I think more people are trying to create podcasts than ever. Okay, and sorry. And... Uh, if they got to check a box and they're like, oh, I can make money. I'll just check this box. I think we're going to see a boom in, in just garbage podcasts that people want you to pay money to listen to. Oh yeah. Yeah. They'll always be there. I think. Yeah. So why would you do that when you can listen to our garbage podcast for free? Exactly. For free. <laughs> for now. Right. My mouse is hovering over the plus button in the Apple podcast connect. <laughs> so podcast connect will actually host your show now if you want interesting host it still like host an rss feed for other players still or you'll exclusively be an apple podcast uh you have an option an option so to be public or not yes you have an option to to make you can host all your content on apple podcast connect and there's simply a checkbox to make it available outside of the Apple Podcasts app. Ooh, interesting. And just an example of how they've implemented it, if I was to go to our show mm-hmm. in Apple Podcasts Connect and hit the plus button, uh, the, the text is... Uh, yeah, to you can host a new episode of Apple Podcasts, add it to your show if you join the Apple Podcasts program to simply include a new episode without signing up just add it to your rss feed so that's the sort of workflow that they're pushing towards and that's a free service now podcast hosting no it's 20 dollars a month if you want to uh, sorry a year if you want to do all this by oh, the way okay apple is still gonna sting you the 20 dollars just to sign up <laughs> uh, and also of course 30 percent cut of your subscribers money in the first year mm-hmm uh, and if they maintain that subscription for a second year, it'll go down to 15% after that. 
Okay. So no reason for us to to migrate from our currently free hosting service. I don't think so. Hmm. Well, Apple Podcast app listeners account for only two-thirds of our total audience. Right. Then followed by Overcast, right? That's right, at 20%. I'm actually surprised what a high number that is. Hmm. There are actually only five listeners, and I'm the Overcast listener. (laughs) Okay, I I believe that, actually. (laughs) So, well, we both were, were very wrong on this one. Except that we knew this was coming. But other than that, the details we were both very wrong on. Uh, the Apple TV, we both called for no update. So, mm-hmm. surprise, surprise, there was no update worth talking about. Uh, onto <laughs> cinema displays. <laughs> Take it away. Uh, I ordered an Apple TV the other day. The other day. Um, oh, nice. And not specifically okay. for any of the updates not for any of the updates that came to it. Uh, I think I had mentioned an episode or two ago that the kids actually like to play a lot of Apple Arcade games on my Apple TV. And the bigger ones finally used up all the storage on my 32 gigabyte Apple TV. The first reason I've ever oh, that's had. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so I needed to upgrade the storage anyway if I wanted to put more games on there. So it was a good excuse to get a 64 gigabyte Apple TV and... Uh, slightly faster one and really all of that just so i can have this new remote that may would have made the purchase slightly more palatable wouldn't it just needing it in terms of storage right and then getting the bonus on the side of having a usable remote (laughs) i have never disliked the siri remote so i'm yeah you've said that before right so i'm not necessarily excited or felt like i needed change i'm excited to try it just because it's different um, but I, I didn't have any complaints and I've got the last version. So we'll, we'll see what I think. I'm a little concerned, uh, because they've removed the, uh, gyroscope, which one of, I don't even know what the game is. One of the games kids play needs the gyroscope in the remote. It's a, a rhythm batting game. And and this is, again, indicative of how bad app development on the Apple TV was. This game was demoed with the original Apple TV in 2015 uh, as, like... And it's the, still the spotlight game. It's still the game that... And maybe this is the only game that uses the gyroscope on the remote, and that's why they removed it. But, uh, but I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. But, yeah, it's like a... It's a rhythm sports game where you're basically playing tennis with uh, opponents and you got to bat the ball back and forth in rhythm is there nothing decent in apple arcade worth playing on the apple tv uh no there's some there's some decent games on there the kids like there's a spongebob game they like to play but these are all games they play with uh an mfi can mfi controller which mm. doesn't have a gyroscope as far as i know and would be weird to play a batting game with a like a controller and not a remote um but yeah, they they play floors. The hot lava game they like. Uh, they play uh, asphalt, which I don't think is an arcade game. Uh, no. So they got that SpongeBob game, uh, cross Crossy Castle, which is like a Crossy Road spinoff. Uh, yeah. So there's lots of arcade games they like. Um, but 
and probably even more they just haven't got to try them because i don't have any more storage on my tv but i gotta wait until the end of the month to get it because this tv is not available till the end of may Ah, oh, isn't it okay mm-hmm. the remote also gained a back button which raised a few eyebrows I don't think it gained um, a back button. I just think they changed the menu button to have an arrow on it instead, right? Yeah. Because the menu button yeah. always functioned so, as back. It's the same button. Yeah. Which uh, makes sense. I think it's it's easier to understand. Uh, I guess I always intuitively understood menu as back just because that's how it's always worked. But for anyone else... I think it is fairly intuitive. Yeah. As menu or back. Yeah. Yeah, either way. Uh, but now they don't have to... Uh, well, is there any other words? I don't think there's any other words on the remote. So now they can have one remote for the whole world instead of having to have like region specific remotes. Ah, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the Siri button's on the side, I believe. Right. Yeah. We'll see how that works out. Uh, but probably doesn't make much of a difference. I mean, it, it matches what you do on a phone now. So that's nice. Right. I'm just not really used to the idea of remotes having buttons on the side of them. Like, I guess the Roku remotes have a volume rocker up and down on the side. That's the only other remote I've ever seen with buttons on the side of it. I'm just holding my phone now as if it was a TV remote. Mm -hmm. And it does feel more awkward to try and hold down the side button Mm -hmm. than as I normally hold my phone, which is a different grip altogether. Yeah. It'll probably be fine. It'll probably be more difficult to accidentally trigger serial. Siri would be very deliberate, which is probably a good thing. Uh, they added a couple TV-specific buttons, one to turn on enough power and, and a mute button. Uh, so overall, I would well, say... Well, now that the Harmony remote's been discontinued by Logitech, we need a replacement, and this is it. <laughs> I will say overall a much uglier remote than the previous Siri remote. Hmm, okay. Like, I think it's probably going to be functionally nicer, but it's, it's like, at least twice as thick, and it's got a bunch more buttons on it. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't think it's an attractive remote, but I'm still excited to try it out. I am excited about the, the, the uh, return of kind of like the, the scroll wheel, the jogging around gesture to, to move forward and back through a, mm-hmm. a scrub a timeline. Yeah, swiping was was uh, difficult on the existing Siri remote because you kind of had to guess if you, if you wanted to uh, like swipe quickly to to jump far because inherently just swiping horizontally across the surface there's only so much space so you run out of space and then you can't progress anymore without having to pick up your finger and whereas mm. whereas a circle circle motion can go on forever so you can access the entire timeline or whatever of a video without having to uh, pick up your finger Mm, yeah that's very nice so um lacking wireless charging and an ultra wide band chip to track it right yeah um there was something weird posted the other day like if you ask siri to find your apple tv remote uh, in the latest version of iOS, she'll respond that you don't have any Apple TV remotes added to Find My. That's right. So potentially it 
it could have something like a speaker in it still to 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 ding. I don't necessarily think ultra wideband is necessary. I think the little making it chime would be more useful. But she also mm, has the same okay. response if you ask her to find an air power for you. So it, not necessarily <laughs> indicative of anything. Right. Okay. Um, I'll have to wait for your reports on that one then. <laughs> yeah. But I've also never lost an Apple TV remote, so I'm not, okay. I'm not worried about it. Uh, a cinema display, we both said no, it wouldn't be coming. Mm-hmm. And no, it wasn't. Uh, drug jokes. <laughs> I thought there'd certainly be some sort of joke or pun relating to drugs. Mm-hmm. In fact, there weren't any. I I think Sorry. if if Craig would have been in the in the keynote, you probably would have got got your prediction. But I think so too. He did not make an appearance. One point for you. All right. Uh, cases and bans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said. What? So you, yes, silently. And that's indeed what happened. So you get a point. Uh, what what did we get exactly? Uh, we got a couple new uh, iPhone cases in spring colors and a, a purple to match the new purple iPhone 12 mini, which neither of us predicted at all. Um, and a couple new colors of, I think, every Apple Watch band or at least the cheaper ones. Um, the sport bands all got some nice bright spring colors, uh, which is pretty much in line with what they do every year. They seem to have seasonal cool. updates to their bands. Just the usual then? Yeah, nothing, nothing stand out. Nothing that I even felt compelled to order. No, nothing I even bothered looking up after the fact. Yeah. Um, I think you said purple iPhone 12 mini, but also the iPhone 12 comes in purple. Oh, right, yeah. iPhone 12. And a mini. Yes. Uh, and we predicted 14.5 would be mentioned on stage, but in fact, it wasn't. Surprisingly, yeah. Not mentioned at all. No. It wasn't even released, like, day of. It was still, like, a week later, wasn't it? Yeah. Surprisingly. It was right before the AirTags got delivered that the update came out. Um, so yeah, I think the the one thing we had we had no prediction for whatsoever was was this new iPhone color, which I'm a big fan of. I like purple. Um, and I saw some people. Well, usually we get like a product red iPhone this time of year, but right. iPhone 12 came in product red uh, right out the gate last year so purple is kind of neat because apparently purple was steve jobs favorite color and so some people are saying that it's the 10th anniversary of steve's death this year so they made a purple iphone i don't know if that's true but i like it product purple supporting veterans (laughs) is is that is that an existing thing that up okay no. I was going to say... I was just thinking of the purple heart oh, metal. Okay, sure. For, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, if they're going to make a, a Steve edition of the iPhone, that money would go That's nowhere. That's the last thing. Because Steve notoriously was not a big fan of charity. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so to tally things up, you've got two, three, four, five, six points compared to my measly two and a half. That, how did you get six for me? Two, three, four. Oh, wow, I guess so. Yeah. I, I thought it was much more split down the middle. Uh, and your prize was going to be a single air tag, but considering <laughs> you've got like three you don't know what to do with. Uh-huh. <laughs> It seems like a waste. So uh, I agree. We'll have to come up with something else. <laughs> I will continue to edit the podcast. Alright, that that is more than fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll come up with something. Other topics this week. Why did I put air tags in as a topic? Uh, I don't know. Were you initially planning on reason? breaking out the topics? I don't think so. I didn't put any of the other topics in. Not to worry. One more topic then. All right. Uh, is all these um, uh, AirPods rumors, which come alongside uh, Hi-Fi Apple Music, so high-fidelity Apple Music service. Mm-hmm. So, so when this first was reported on, there was an article on this site called hitsdailydouble.com, mm-hmm. which I've never heard of. Well, Hits Daily Double is a very accurate leaker. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> I mean... Are you being sarcastic? Uh, mostly, but their last prediction was true. It just happened to be in 2005, and they're predicting something called the iPod. Really? Mm. Wow, okay. I I don't even know what this is. Is this like a radio industry site? Or, or what, or just a music industry site? Uh, yeah, it seems to be some kind of uh, like music industry-specific uh, like rumor mill. Very odd. Anyway, I didn't pay it much heed until there were references to high-fidelity music and hi-fi in the first beta of of uh, iOS 14.6. Mm-hmm. So, though that corroborating uh, finding led me to uh, go back and have another look at this and reconsider it. Um there have been seemingly like 15 news articles about this in the last week and it continually pops up on the subreddit mm-hmm. but in a, they all actually are only referencing uh it's daily double <laughs> classic subreddit behavior <laughs> uh, yeah i don't i don't have any like demand for a high fidelity apple music streaming service I've I've never once had a complaint about the quality of Apple Music, um, but I'm I'm also definitely not an audiophile, uh, and it seems like these other streaming services offer high fidelity versions and are profitable. So I guess it would make sense for Apple to enter into that market, especially since they have such high end headphones like AirPods right. Max. It makes sense for them to have something for you to take advantage of them as well. Yeah, in with my current devices, I don't think I have anything that even takes full advantage of 256K 
AAC. <laughs> so I, I don't see anything here for me, but there is going to be uh, a tier of people who want it and who are willing to pay nine ninety nine a month, apparently, on top of the Apple Music standard subscription. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess it makes sense. And uh, as long as what you said about having like premium tier headphones as well. Right, yeah. And it seems like this nine ninety nine price uh, is undercutting at least Spotify. I don't know about the rest of the ind- industry. Um, I wish I had the the source on this, but uh, when this rumor was starting a week ago, it sounded like it was right on the heels of Spotify announcing they're going to be slightly increasing their prices, and then that's right. And then this rumored nine ninety nine Apple Hi Fi service or whatever comes out which would severely undercut spotify's offerings there were questions over whether bluetooth would even you would if like higher quality would even be noticeable over a, a bluetooth connection right to anything that we use can the airpods max take they can take cabled audio can't they mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty sure yeah through the lightning port yeah, yeah. They just need to have AirPods um, with AirPlay built in. Right. Each AirPod has its own little wireless access point for peer-to-peer Wi-Fi. Exactly. Uh, yeah, alongside the Apple Hi-Fi rumor is a uh, launch of the third generation AirPods, which, what were our predictions? Are they No, we didn't think they would be announced at the keynote. Bad timing for me, because I just bought another pair of second gen. Oh, you did? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, this kind of makes sense, because the rumors around AirPods 3 leading up to the keynote a couple weeks ago were a little bit of a mixed bag. I think for a couple months prior to the keynote, uh, the consensus was that AirPods 3 were ready or or about to come out and then Mm -hmm. pretty soon before the keynote happened uh a couple people said that no they're they're not not happening they've been delayed whatever else so to get the messaging of you know they're done but not coming yet it makes sense that they'd be coming in the next couple weeks according to this new rumor at least Mm. yep and i'm ready for some because mine are starting to uh show their age in terms of battery life Mm, okay. I'm not ready, but <laughs> I'm sure I could find a way to be ready. You know, Johannes is big enough now that he needs his own pair of AirPods, so they could be hand-me-downs. <laughs> Even um, my one-year-old knows what to do with AirPods, although he tries to stick them, like, pointy end first into his ears. Yeah, all kids do that. Worrying. It's so... Why do they feel like that's the right way to do it? My kids do the same thing. <laughs> well, the ear is a hole and the stem is a pointy thing. Pointy things go in holes. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, it's evolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evolved to stick things in our ears. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll keep them as a backup pair because, like, they're two weeks old at this point, so. Mm. 
So just outside your return window now. I didn't actually buy them from Apple, so oh, okay. I don't know what the return window would be. Probably nothing. Right. Unless they were faulty, which they're not. Get <laughs> drop them in a toilet and then take them to Apple and they'll give you new ones. <laughs> the guy tried to upsell me on a warranty. Typical, of course, you know. This is why you shop at Apple. Because <laughs> when you go somewhere else, they're like, oh, AirPods, you need warranty with those. Right. <laughs> The unsuspecting consumer is probably going to say, oh, yeah, of course I need a warranty. And then they get charged. Oh, yeah. What did he say? Like 60 bucks a year or something? What? Like it wasn't a lot, but. That's 60 bucks a year. And I almost. Yeah, I guess so. For something that you can I get replaced for free. I briefly considered it. <laughs> I, yeah. I briefly considered it until he said, it doesn't include accidental damage. <laughs> what is it then? <laughs> Like, what are you actually protecting me from that Australian consumer law doesn't? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Huh. Thankfully, he didn't get too pushy on it, though, and as soon as I said no. Right. Hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, I'm James VDM on Reddit and Twitter. And I'm Jellywoot on Reddit and Twitter. And you can find our show notes at reddit.com slash r slash the r apple show. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. (laughs) You can't. Unless there's demand. And then we could offer that. If you, dear listener, want to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, simply leave a comment to that effect in the subreddit. Mm-hmm. It's we're we're David will be posting his OnlyFans in <laughs> there, in 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 audio form. Audio OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're getting close to episode one hundred. We need some kind of big thing to do for that. We have a show title. <laughs> right at the last minute. Yep. Uh, 84, yeah. 16 more shows. Nice. Yeah. That's still, like, most of the year. It'll be, like, beginning of December, but... Yeah, okay. we got a while to think of it then. Yeah. Now, you're you're flying here, and we're doing a show together in person. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm actually fully Is vaccinated now, so I can leave I can leave the country. Well, actually, I don't, oh, I don't nice. know what Australia's laws are, but I... Th- I saw that Europe was opening up to vaccinated Americans, so. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, it's a, the first, the first shot is, was fine for me, at least. I know some people have reactions to that. The second one was pretty miserable. Uh, I think, did you have your first shot last time we recorded? uh, My first shot I got at the beginning of April. So it wasn't the last time we recorded. It would have been maybe the time before that around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fine. Like besides having a sore arm for a day. Uh, but the second one, you really don't want to do anything the day after. It feels like you've got mm. the flu or something. Luckily, it mostly yeah. went away, you know, the next day after that. But but then you're recovering mm-hmm. from basically two nights of of little to no sleep from feeling so miserable and then you're just exhausted and then anyway it was a long weekend mm. for me but I, wow. i'm better now 
Good to hear. Uh-huh. Was it this weekend just gone? Yeah, I just got my, my second shot uh, last Thursday. So Friday okay. I was I was very uh, ill feeling and then Saturday I was trying to recover from getting no sleep. Mm-hmm. But uh, So I guess I'm not fully vaccinated yet. I got to wait. It's got to be two weeks after my second shot to be fully vaccinated. All right. Okay. But... We're back in masks here. Oh, no. Did you get one case again? We we got three, I think. Oh, man. A massive yeah, outbreak. Yeah, so a massive outbreak. What happened? Someone flew in from India. Oh, that, I yeah. think they were from Perth. Oh, they're from Australia. Mm-hmm. They flew to India for their wedding, for their own wedding. What? And then flew back to Perth. So, you know, of course, India's right. going through some troublesome times at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he did stay in the hotel quarantine for two weeks. So he did his duty and then got cleared of COVID and, you know, traveled around Perth for, I think it was five days. And then he flew to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And on arrival at Melbourne, he got a COVID test and he was positive. So, really, of course, that meant he was positive after his hotel quarantine and as he was walking around Perth. Um, so then pretty quickly they found his housemate had COVID as well. And I think one other person, although possibly not related, um, but yeah, put us into full lockdown for three days. And then after that, just mask wearing for the subsequent weeks. So did they not test him at the hotel quarantine or did he get a negative test? No, no, they did. Yeah. Yeah. He got, he got cleared. He came out negative. Interesting. Yeah, and then a week later, positive. Hmm. Maybe on his way out of the hotel, he like shook someone's hand and on the, that did it. Someone who was on their way in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Nah. But as a response, all flights from India have been cancelled. So, yeah. Uh, even Australian citizens in India are not allowed in at the moment, which is causing a bit of a hoo-ha amongst the Indian community. Because they don't want Australians in their country? No, no, the the Australian Indian community wants to get their family back. Oh, I see. Like, <laughs> no. I thought, I thought you were saying India was mad they can't send the Australians back. <laughs> Maybe that also. <laughs> but I think they've got bigger things on their mind. Probably, yeah. Yeah, wow. I can't believe... Who would go to India for their wedding in the middle of all this? I know, right? It's foolish people everywhere. Mm-hmm. So what's the what's the response then? How long do you have to wear masks? I'm not sure, actually. Just until they say, don't have to wear, wear them anymore? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't keep all that uh, close track on it. I just do what everyone else is doing, really. <laughs> if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge, James? Exactly. I would, yes, <laughs> but I'd wear a mask. <laughs> If everyone else was. <laughs> Fair enough. They probably got a good reason if everyone else is jumping off the bridge. Yeah, you hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be counterculture and do what not everyone else is doing. <laughs> so you bought a robot vacuum? I did. And it was delivered like 15 minutes before the show started. Oh, okay. So I'm so eager to go and play with it. 
what what uh what did you get i got a viomi which is one of the one of the many sub brands of xiaomi viomi i've not heard of that one mm. have you heard of robo rock yes robo rock is great okay. i've got a robo robo rock oh okay it's the i guess the cheaper line of robo rocks okay i guess you could call it does it have mm. a uh a lidar scanner on it or it does nice yeah that was one of prerequisite yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's got a lidar it's got a dry tank a wet tank and then a combined tank okay so i'm not really sure which one i'm going with yet any recommendations there uh i do not have uh any experience with the smart mopping vacuums okay i got a uh i had a robot vacuum this is a couple years ago but i know i complained about it on the show um and it was a uh what was it an 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 neatmo a neatmo it was a oh yeah it was a very highly i call it neatmo neatmo yeah yeah it was a very highly reviewed robot vacuum at the time uh mm-hmm so I I was very excited about it, and it ended up working great for the first few days, um, and then it would lose the mapping of my house and get lost, and it would it would drive off its dock, start vacuuming, and then it'd immediately go back, and I'd have to recalibrate the whole house. I did that multiple times with multiple vacuums. I returned it and got replacements, and it still caused the same problem. So I ended up just giving up on robot vacuums. Um, so I have a, uh, I have a Roborock, but it's it's the only Roborock that's not a robot vacuum. It's it's one of those uh, cordless like stick vacuums. Oh, which okay. I'm a big fan of. I like it a lot. Uh, <laughs> but if I were to get a robot vacuum again, it'd be a Roborock, just because of they seem to have gotten very high reviews recently, and I've been a big fan of the Roborock I have now. Yeah, the uh, Roborock. Robot vacuums get like the best reviews and they're like cheaper than basically anything you find in a shop, which is weird. Right. So when I went to buy the AirPods, I was having a look at what was on the shelf. I think I might have already bought this one on eBay at the time. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at like $1,000 plus, which is ridiculous. Right, for the Roombas. The... Yeah. And yet the Roborocks are like, like 500 bucks. So half that. Right. Yeah. And seem to be uh, just as good, if not better, uh, in most cases. Yeah, if not better. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of them, like the Roombas don't have mopping. That's a separate, a different Roomba robot mop you'd have to buy. Hmm. So. Uh, One of the features of the more expensive ones I noticed was that they like dump their, the rubbish back into the charging stand. Sorry. Right. Maybe that's handy. I don't know. This is my very first foray into the whole robot vacuum uh, I don't know, game. I'm excited for you. I want to hear a review because when it worked, I really loved my robot vacuum. And I mm-hmm. I, I had it set where it would, uh, it would do like a quick clean twice a day of just like the dining area after mealtimes. Uh, mm. And then it was either once a night or every other night, it would do a full like clean of vacuum of the whole house and 
in terms of just keeping things nice and clean, it was, it was great for the, for the times it worked, but it just wasn't consistent for me. Well, I did read that these, the, like the default app for this isn't the best and like people have lost their house maps and stuff like that, but that it also works with this other app as well, which is perfect. And it's, I think it might even be the Roborock app. Oh, okay. Something like that, which is good. I don't know. Me Home. Yeah. So Xiaomi's smart product is called Me, I think. And that's works well. Anyway, huh. I'm excited to see how well it cleans, especially under the table, like amongst all the, the chair legs and the table legs. And mm-hmm. Am I going to have to put the chairs up whenever it's cleaning? And, you know, all these questions and more <laughs> soon to be answered, because as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to go and install the app and kick it off. All right. So, yeah. I, th- I think it'll work good. I didn't. I, I never had to pick up my chair legs. It was able to get around all of that just fine. Um, but, okay. but what about all the dirt under the chairs? Because that's like the dirtiest area of the house. Right. Yeah. Uh, it worked just fine. Uh, I don't know what size yours is uh, or the size of your chairs, but mine was able to actually navigate around each leg individually and get get it cleaned fairly well. Wow. Uh, okay. So hopefully. It works out the same for you if you don't have small chairs or or the robot vacuum's too big. No, I think it would be able to drive under a chair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll expect a full review in a couple of weeks. All right. <laughs> I'll collect my thoughts then. All right. Well, go have fun with your All vacuum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> Lucky it's a robot vacuum and not a, like a one with the hose. <laughs> that'll be the recording for your our audio only fans (laughs) (laughs) all right as long as you contribute something to (laughs) okay (laughs) all right talk to you later all right bye